mindfulness mode. We have so much more control over our life than we think we do. Hey, Mindful Tribe, we talk about trauma sometimes and we talk about things that have gone on in people's lives that have kind of changed the trajectory of their lives. And I'm here with a guest today who is absolutely fascinating. She helps she helps people release issues that are tied to trauma by using a simple technique that she discovered. Now, by using this technique, she's able to put her awareness inside her body and as a result, she has actually changed physical aspects of her body, including bone structure. So now you know why I find it so fascinating. She's found that seeking out our truth, what we truly feel, and accepting those feelings is the key to inner peace. So I'm here today with Anne Hintz. Anne, are you in mindfulness mode today? <laughs> I am, yes. Thank you. That's fantastic. What does mindfulness mean to you, Anne? Well, it's actually not a term I use very much, and we'll get mm -hmm. into why in a moment. Sure. But what it means to me is being present. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people agree with that who've been on your show, yeah. but also being aware, right? So when we're present in the moment, then we're aware. But how aware are we? That's the question. Mm, true. <laughs> and so why is mindfulness not a word you use very often? I'm, I'm curious. Because the deeper I've gone into my path, or the further I've gone in my path, I've realized that I'm not in my thinking mind, I'm actually in my feeling or my sensing mind. So the phrase mindfulness doesn't really make sense to me because my mind is not full in the way that we tend to think about it, but it's I'm actually out of my thinking mind and just sensing inside my body. Oh, so interesting. Wow. Well, Anne, you've had some pretty remarkable experiences in your life. And I'd like to start in part one, because I know that your story is kind of divided into three parts. Can you get us started on what's been going on in your life? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I guess it starts in childhood, right? Yes, we get programmed. Sure. We get programmed in those first years of life onto how, into how to deal with things and um, I had a lot of things happen in my life, not necessarily more than other people, but you know, enough. I, I was adopted. Um, so that in itself is a trauma. I was born with my right foot up against my right shin. And oh. so the first six weeks of my life, I had to undergo some form of physical therapy. Um, but that twisted my whole body. It was fully out of alignment through most of my life. Oh. Um, I was sent to a boys boarding school when I was nine. And I was the only girl boarder for a year. There were day girls at the school. So why were you sent to a boys boarding school? <laughs> because my brother went there. I think oh. it was easy. We lived in Hong Kong at the time and this boarding school was in England. So it was okay. a long way away. And I was with my brother. I see. But I was teased mercilessly for the two years that I was there. So that lived inside of me. And both my parents became alcoholics. So through my teenage years, so that wasn't much fun. No. And then when I was 19, I woke up one morning and found my mother dead on the bathroom floor. Oh, my gosh. So we also had a house fire. Didn't mention that. And uh, <laughs> I was actually in the car in Hong Kong with my dad and my brother one day when he drove over a girl's foot. So <gasps> oh there were some gosh. good traumas there. But I was programmed to just suppress everything and just carry okay. on with life. So and was finding your mother on the floor, was that the biggest trauma, do you think? That was probably the biggest one, yes, because that it. changed everything. 
Wow, it must have just been so devastating for you. Yeah, but I was well programmed, so I suppressed everything about it right. and just carried on with life. And I, I moved out to the States. I finished my degree. I moved out to the States two years later uh -huh. and just carried on with life. I had a lot of digestive issues. I think okay. a lot of people with trauma do. And I was yes. looking outside of myself, right? I would try different diets and just mm -hmm. things. I was looking for something to help me outside of myself. And right. it wasn't until I was, I was in my late 30s that I actually had something happen. And that was the start of the journey to looking inside of myself. Oh, wow late 30s okay so late 30s pretty much almost 40 years into your life you started this journey and what did that journey look like well i realized that maybe my childhood was still affecting me sure <laughs> and i had a, a an opening like a, a a glimpse because something had happened it was so emotional for me and my mind just spun out of control for days. It just mm -hmm. kept going over and over what had happened. And I realized it felt a little bit like how I would react when my dad had told me I'd done something wrong. So that was the first opening that, oh, maybe I'm reacting or replaying something from childhood. So at that time, in that time frame, I went to a doctor's appointment. I have no idea why I went to that appointment. Even to this day, I can't remember. It was certainly nothing to do with my childhood, but he recognized, and he was a holistic physician. So he had more tools than many physicians mm -hmm. do. He recognized I was more stressed than I should be, given that I was a stay-at-home mother with two healthy young boys. And he asked me on a scale of zero to 10 what that stress level was, and I said eight. And then he asked me why. And it was that question that made me realize, oh, it was finally my mother on the bathroom floor when I was 19, because the tears from that event were still just under the surface all these years later. And he happened to know this technique that is called EFT, which yeah. is short for emotional freedom technique. It's also called tapping because we're tapping on certain parts in our body as we're talking something through. Yeah. And he tapped with me about my mother's death for about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I walked away from that appointment, being able to tell the story in my mind for the first time ever without those emotions there. And that blew me away because uh, I didn't know up to that point that we hold those memories and those emotions physically in our body and that we can let them go. So that was huge. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Wow. So then you learned to let them go. And did, were you able to let them go right away, practically? Well, no, it was a journey. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, in that doctor's appointment, I certainly let go of you know, the surface layer of a lot of those emotions that I had felt at the time. Right. But I wanted to actually know that it really worked. I thought maybe that was a fluke. Right. So, so I tried it out on something at home. I, I tried it out on a very simple thing. It was a cat, an old cat of ours, 17-year-old cat, was starting to fail and his kidneys were starting to fail and we were told we ha I had to give him a daily saline shot like an injection yeah. of saline and I was so afraid of doing that the first time I gave him one my hand was shaking so bad mm -hmm. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it every day so I thought well let me try out this technique so I tapped about every aspect of it which is something you do with EFT so I tapped about my hand shaking I tapped about my fear of hurting my cat and I tapped about all the memories from all the injections I had had in my life, which was, which was many. And the next day when I had to give him the injection, the needle just slid right in. All oh, that wow. fear that I had been holding inside of my body the previous day had totally disappeared. 
Fascinating. So that's when I realized how powerful it was, deceptively powerful, because it doesn't look like it's doing much. In fact, it looks a little silly. Yeah. But it really is. And that's when I realized that freedom that I was looking for was on the other side of that fear. Okay. So that's when I really started using it. I started noticing during the day when I was emotional and I would tap and I would bring myself back to peace. Then mm -hmm. I'd carry on my, with my day, try and notice the next time, mm -hmm. do the same thing. And I noticed things starting to change. I started to become more peaceful on the inside, which was my ultimate goal was inner peace. Of course. And it was happening, but it, it wasn't happening fast enough for me. I wanted it to go faster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So what I did is I wrote down every emotional memory I could think of from my childhood, everything okay. that had happened, beliefs that I had taken on, phrases that my family would use, like shame on you, right? Or, or stop crying, or I'll give you something to cry about, those kind of things. And I tapped through one each day for about an hour to an hour and a half each day, okay. which took months to get through. Mm -hmm. But I started to really become less reactionary and more peaceful. And when that happens, right, when you're peaceful on the inside, peace comes to you on the outside. So my family life started to become more peaceful, which was really fun. Mm -hmm. This is fascinating. And I've uh, talked to others who have done EFT as well. And, uh, you know, this is absolutely fascinating. So go on. I can't wait to hear more. So what I realized EFT is doing, it's opening up the subconscious mind. And as that happens, in step with that, the awareness expands. So we start to become aware at a deeper level. So when I started the journey, I was not aware of how I felt during the day. But as I did more and more tapping, right, I became aware of my emotions during the day. Then I started to become aware at a deeper level, at the level of the physical sensations underneath the emotions, mm. right? So we might say something like, I'm frustrated. But what we're really saying we're not necessarily aware of it, but underneath frustration is tension somewhere in our body. So mm -hmm. for me, frustration, I can feel it right across my solar plexus. Mm -hmm. So I became aware of those physical sensations. Now, at the time, I was actually in a group. We were studying a course in miracles, which is not really relevant. But the mm -hmm. guy in this group said every week, it's not about meditation. You don't have to meditate. It's all about feeling your feelings. Mm. Now, I didn't really want to meditate. But I didn't know at the time how to feel my feelings. Mm -hmm. But I just started this EFT journey at this time when I was in this group. So as the weeks went by, my awareness expanded. And one day I thought, okay, let me try and do what he said. Let me try and feel my feelings. What does that even mean? <laughs> it sounds so simple. But I would notice where I was feeling feelings. So something maybe as simple as I'm afraid of making a phone call. Mm -hmm. Right. So the emotion is the fear. And I would find where I was holding that fear inside of me. So for me, that would be like in my stomach area. And I would try and feel it. Now, I would notice if I took a, a breath or if I moved, my focus on the fear would dissipate, would disappear. And I couldn't focus on, on, on it anymore. So what I realized I had to do was actually hold myself like a statue and not even breathe, right? Just feel where that fear is and stop right there and just feel it just allow it to be felt, mm -hmm. which takes some training because we're so used to suppressing those feelings. Yes. My fear was not used to being felt. So right. I had to practice and I would get to the point, okay, I need to take a deep breath, obviously, because I'm holding my breath. Mm 
And then I would think the thought again, I'm afraid of making this phone call. And I would feel that fear and it would be slightly less. So I would do the same thing again. And I would do it over and over with the same thought until the attachments of that emotion had dissipated mm -hmm. and there's no more fear. And then it becomes easier to make the phone call. So I would do that every day now, instead of tapping, I would just feel my feelings. And then in the evening, I would lay on the sofa and instead of working on my childhood, which I had done with EFT, I would now bring collective traumas to mind. Something like 9-11, right? We each had our own individual experience of that collective trauma. True. So I would bring those feelings, those memories, those emotions back into my body, just feel them and mm -hmm. let them go. And I would do it over and over and over again until they had totally gone. And it felt really good. Mm. <laughs> it's hard to hard to explain that to people, but it feels really good to let go of tension that has been held in the body for so long. And so that is kind of what I call the second step along my journey. It okay. first was EFT, then it was feeling the feelings. Okay. Okay. Well, then I know that the third one is pretty powerful. So let's hear the third one. Okay. So as I was laying on the sofa one night, feeling these feelings, one time I realized once the tension had released, my awareness was still inside my body. Okay. Which is a really thing, weird thing to say. I'd never experienced it before. I'd never heard it before. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So I tried to do it again and I realized I could. And the only way I can kind of explain it to someone is imagine you have a toothache or a stomach ache. Right? You can sense where that pain is coming from inside your tooth or your stomach. Once the pain is dissipated, you can't put your senses back on the exact place again because nothing is calling your attention to it anymore. Mm -hmm. I realized I could. I could put my awareness back inside. And mm -hmm. so I started to play with it, started to move my awareness around. And I noticed I could find a place with tension or a place with no tension. So I'd find a place with tension I would hold my awareness on it because by this time my awareness was pretty well honed I'd hold my awareness on it and it would shift a little bit. And then I would do it again, shift a little bit more and I would do it again and again and again. So now I'm doing exactly what I was doing with EFT, which was with words. Then I was doing it with the physical sensations. Now I'm doing it deep inside the body. So I would just work around my body, releasing tension. And it took many, many months. I can't remember how many, but eventually I got my awareness inside my head. And that was huge because the forces pulling my bones out of alignment were just unbelievable. And the pain in my left cheek was so painful and it had been there my whole life, but I hadn't oh. been aware of it. I had been there since I was born with my right foot up against my right shin where my body was twisted. Oh. all those forces pulling my body out of alignment. But I had lived 50 years without the awareness of it until I was ready to become aware of it. And now I've got this technique, right? So now I would focus wow. on it. It would release, focus, release just over and over again. And eventually got to the place that I would actually hear and feel something release sounded like old fabric ripping. And I realized it was a adhesion in the connective tissue that was releasing. So I would just continue to do that. I'd hear more things release, feel them release, and it 
it got to the place where I could actually feel my skull bones relax. I didn't know. I mean, I knew things were changing on the inside, but I didn't have any evidence until I had my x-rays taken last year in 2021 and could mm -hmm. compare them to ones I had from 2013. Oh, wow. So what was the comparison like? This is really, really fascinating. And it, in my mind, it was huge. My, my eye sockets had aligned. I mean, I didn't even know that was possible. They were out of alignment? Yeah, I mean, I hadn't really known they were out of alignment right until I saw the x-rays from last year. And So what and were they, they were out of alignment with what? With each other? With each other, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and my jaw was way off to the side. What Very obvious in the 2013 x-ray. Did you previously have a bit of a sideways smile or a bit of a sideways look, do you think? Yeah, my, yeah, my whole head was twisted. Oh. Yes, my whole life. And so wow. the, my jaw is now much more centered and my neck is straighter than it's ever been in my life. It's always been very twisted. And mm. as a result, I've grown three quarters of an inch. This in the last few years, I don't know how long because, you know, you don't measure yourself much as an three adult. Three quarters <laughs> of an inch. So you've, so basically you've released tension, would you say? Is that true? You've released some of this tension that your bones were undergoing and you've just released it released it released it and you've grown in height three quarters of an inch plus some of your other bones like your jaw and your eye sockets have kind of changed as well so that on x-rays you could see the difference is that right absolutely yeah very very obviously i'd love to have a new x-rays taken now it's been over a year and i know so much has changed since then but it is it's releasing the tension the burden that we've been carrying a whole life right so it's mostly in the connective tissue that's where i feel the release but i can now put my awareness inside the bones and i'm releasing the tension within the bones themselves mm -hmm. so yes it's it's releasing that burden what did other people in your life have to say what was the response from your friends or relatives or or maybe you had a spouse what was the response <laughs> different uh -huh. i mean some you know some some amazed, you know, some skeptical, but to me, the x-rays are pretty, they're good proof. And I had my husband measure me last time. So he saw that I was now five foot five, whereas I used to be five foot four <coughs> and a quarter. And that, that quarter inch was very important to me. And uh, yeah. So I know as we age, right, we tend to get more compressed. We tend yes, to shrink enough. as we age. Yes. So I believe this is reversing that process. Oh, very, very cool. And now have you used this process on other people? Yes, I have other people who are working through the steps and uh, uh, just a small number of people who've man managed to get inside their body, which is really fun for me when they, they do manage to, to get inside the body and then they can see the connection between the thoughts and the memories and the physical aspect. Which wow. Is, yeah. How long do you have to work with a person in order to get to that point? Well, they have to do the work. Yeah. And <laughs> what can, does the work look like? Away. Well, it, it looks like basically what I did. So finding, you know, it depends how fast you want to go. Right? I wanted to go fast. So yeah. I went through all my childhood issues. And I haven't found writing. anyone yet who's done that. Right? But oh. I do have find people who will work on things as they come up. And then they will go deeper and deeper but it takes using eft right it takes it takes working on presence right mm -hmm. working on your truth 
because we suppress our truth so much. We don't think we should be doing what we're doing or thinking what we're mm -hmm. thinking. And this method is actually finding exactly what we're thinking and feeling and accepting it. Right? We're not, we're not trying to think better thoughts. We're not suppressing anything. If we're, if we're feeling really lousy right now, we accept that. Right. right yeah. If I, I got to the place where I tapped on, I hate myself because that's what was the truth at the moment. Mm. I tapped on that for several hours over a couple of weeks. Can't remember exactly wow. until they just become words. Like, that doesn't mean anything to me anymore. It's just a collection of words. So all the emotional charge has gone. Well, you've written a book called The A Pathway to Insight, and I love the subtitle, Recapture Your Childhood Buzz. And uh, I know that you published it in 2020. Tell me about what, what came to the, how you came to the point where you wanted to write the book and, and what can we expect to find in this book? Well, I decided to write it once I'd got to the place where I could see inside my body and mm -hmm. I wanted to capture the steps that I had gone through so that someone else could go through them because I knew I was going to move beyond it. And I didn't want to forget all the intricacies of things that happened along the way. So that's what the book is about. It's about how I believe we get programmed in childhood, how those memories and traumas get stored inside of our body and the connective mm -hmm. tissue, and then the different steps along the way to release and to actually get awareness inside the body. Very interesting. What's some of the feedback been to your book? It's, it's, I think it's been pretty good. I haven't actually looked on Amazon recently to see what the feedback is. <laughs> oh, you haven't? Well, I did. And it was like people saying how amazing it was and how, you know, you've just got to get this book and, and you, you've got to read this because it could change your life and all kinds of things like that. Like people nice. seem to be very, very pleased with what they've learned from reading this book. They said, well, no, I see that on, on the site it says, if you enjoy some of the following authors, you're likely to enjoy this book too. Abraham Hicks, uh, Bruce Lipton, Byron Katie, Eckhart Tolle, Joe Dispenza. I mean, some really big names. How do you feel being grouped in that category with some of those amazingly well famous people who are known so much for their incredible work? It feels good. I mean, I know this work... I know this work is not being shared by others because I don't know anyone who's actually got to this point. I would love to talk to someone else who can go inside because I want to know what's next. <laughs> um, right. So I know this is really important work. That's why I'm sharing it because okay. I don't know anyone else who is sharing this. I would have liked to have known that this is possible like 10, 20 years ago mm -hmm. because I would have aimed for it. It, it. To me, it fits in with everything that I was trying to learn. Of course. And do you feel that it just happened at that time because it was meant to happen at that time? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I okay. mean, everything that's happened along the way, even all that trauma in childhood, it has, it had to have happened in order for this to have happened. I think that trauma kind of pulls us one direction and the people who had more trauma tend to do a lot more of the inner work because mm -hmm. they want to, right? They want to be sure. pulled in the other direction. Yeah. yeah. To do the work, you have to truly want to do the work in a very big way, because otherwise it won't get done, right? Yes. Yeah. And I, I had the will. I, I wanted to do it. Yeah. And so 
looking back, how is your life different now? What's the transition like that you're now living this different life, I'm assuming? It's huge. I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily my outside, you know, my physical surroundings are that mm -hmm. different, although they are more colorful <laughs> because <laughs> I can feel into colors now. Uh -oh. But I am so much more peaceful inside in many, many different arenas. Right? I, can, I can stand in peace pretty much regardless of what happens around me. And if I'm not, I'm able to catch those feelings. And I will actually go out of my way. Like I will listen to the news on purpose, sometimes more than once, to bring up those feelings inside of me, to notice them, to feel them, to allow them, to let them go so that I can get to a deeper level inside. And do you still use writing a lot in order to, to move forward? I don't, I don't use writing. No, I mean, I am in the midst of writing a second book, but it not for a long time. It won't be ready. Okay, for a but long when time. you when you talked about all of your childhood traumas, you did say you wrote about them, didn't you? Or did I, I wrote miss a list? That? I just wrote a oh, list. Oh, it was more of a list. Okay. Yes. Just so I could go through one at a time. I okay, and then them. you went through them. You tapped through. So it was just basically a list, not like hours and hours and hours of of writing about what this was like for you. No. But I would talk through that when I was tapping with EFT. It's like mm -hmm. each trauma we hold inside is a wound. It's a wound. It's, it's a it's a energetic connection of connective tissue on the inside. And I would open that up, look at every different aspect of it, and allow the stuck energy to release. Wow, so fascinating! It really is. And so, do you always work with clients? Uh, directly one-on-one -on -one, or do you work in groups or do you work on zoom what do you do i do a combination of things i don't work very often one-on-one -on -one, just a little bit i do have a tapping group that i work with people doing their own work but mostly i'm sharing the information so that mm. people can do the work themselves i did oh. all my work myself i wasn't really willing to be very vulnerable with other people mm -hmm. <laughs> from my childhood I was very willing to be vulnerable with myself. So mm -hmm. I provide all the information. My YouTube channel has videos about every aspect of it. So oh. anyone who wants to do the work themselves can just go on there and watch the videos, learn how to do it and take it on. And the book goes into more detail if you want right. more steps. And right. I'm happy to answer any questions from anyone who wants to ask them. Well, I know your website is anhints.com, A-N-N. H-I-N-C-E and hints.com. And can we get to your YouTube channel right through your website? I believe so, but it's just my handle it's is at Ann Hints on YouTube. At Ann Hints. Okay, so we can jump on YouTube, check out your channel. And when you create videos, do you find that is a, a process that helps you in some kind of way as well? <laughs> Yes, I mean, I love explaining. It's really satisfying for me mm -hmm. to explain things to people. So I've actually started doing a, um, uh, oh, it's just gone out of my head. I started doing a live video every Tuesday at 11 o'clock Pacific oh, yeah. Standard Time on Facebook. 11 a.m.? 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, California time. Mm -hmm. Trying to explain things, just, I'm, each week I'm explaining something different and I'm answering questions. I, I'd like that to grow. I just want people to be able to ask questions and for me to help explain it to people. 
So this is just so fascinating and like hearing your story and, and how you've transitioned. And I know you mentioned earlier, you have a couple of children. What have you learned from your children about mindfulness or about your journey? Well, they're a big part of my journey. I, I was actually really wanting to be a calm parent, a peaceful parent. And I realized I was not. Mm. And I noticed I have, I have two boys and I went to a boys boarding school. So I needed to be calm and not afraid of boys in the age of nine to 11. <laughs> so I, mm -hmm. I had to get myself peaceful before my boys reached that age mm -hmm. because I didn't want to be afraid of them. So they helped me along the journey. And as I became more peaceful, they were more peaceful, right? Because as within, so without. So that worked too. I also worked with them with the EFT, right? If, oh, if they you? were having a nightmare or something, I would tap on them, which would allow that energy inside of them to release and allow mm -hmm. them to go back to sleep. So it's a tool you can use for um, many different things. And how old are your boys now? Now they're 20 and 23. Okay. So very similar to me because I have a 21 year old and uh, it's just, yeah, very interesting that, that you helped your boys when they were younger and helped them through that. Now, as they become adults, do you help them with, with uh, EFT? <laughs> I suggest it. Yeah. <laughs> they have a little resistance to it, but I, I think over time and maybe they will, maybe they will take it out. Maybe they won't need to, but they certainly have the opportunity to use it if sure. they want to. Sure. Wow. This is fascinating. Well, you talked about all the, um, all the challenges you had when you were at that boys boarding school and you were picked on sounded like you were bullying i always ask a question about bullying in in my show and that is um do you have a story about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference do you have any insight about how we can actually approach bullying differently or deal with it differently using the tools of mindfulness well, I can talk about it using the tools of EFT, right? the, of course, the tools that sure. I used. So if I had known EFT at the time, then each night or each time I got time to myself, I would have tapped about it, mm -hmm. about my actual feelings, right? Which were probably not particularly nice, right? Yeah. But I, it would have been my truth, right? So I would have tapped on something like, I hate that boy, right? The boy that was bullying me, I just hate what he did. I just hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate mm -hmm. it. I hate it. Mm -hmm. I would have got that energy out of me so that I became peaceful inside because I believe we're a signal, right? So if I had hold, held that energy inside of me, that frustration, that annoyance, that disgust with them, that's part of my signal. And I would have attracted again and again and again. And I did. Mm -hmm. Right, it went on for two years, and if I had brought myself back to peace each night, then I believe over time the bullying would have stopped because okay. I would have been a different signal. Well, this is really interesting that you said you believe you're a signal. I don't think I've heard anybody in over 800 episodes use that terminology. I think I can you just expand on it a little bit more when you say you were a signal. Well, I'm sure you're aware of the law of attraction or that, yeah, that concept, course. right? That, that we emit something and we attract back into our future. Well, I believe the whole of us is a signal, right? Everything about us, it's not just our thoughts, which is what mm -hmm. people hear a lot of the time. It's everything yeah. about us, right? It's, our, right? it's our hair, it's our clothes, it's our size, it's our shape. Because imagine, right, if you sh shaved all your hair off and you went out into society, 
you would get different responses from people, right? Because you had changed your signal. Well, because I became aware of all that tension inside my head, Uh I realized that the biggest part of our signal is that tension we hold inside of us, but we're not aware of it. But Uh it's inside from our past, from our traumas, from our beliefs. Mm -hmm. And if we can let go of that, we're actually changing a base part of our signal and then things change. Right, because we're emitting a different signal, we're attracting something different back into our future. This is so fascinating. I'm I'm interested in knowing a little bit more about your book, A Pathway to Insight. What's your book like? Is it is it long? Is it short? Is it written in a like a very in-depth way? Can you describe your book? It's fairly short. Um, I'm I'm an engineer (laughs) at heart, so I like to get the information down without uh, too much fluff around it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the the first part of it is a description of that, of us being a signal and how that signal gets established in childhood. Mm -hmm. And we just tend to replay things over and over again because we have that same signal. So to change things, we have to change our signal. And when we change our signal, things change. So then I go into the different steps, talk all about EFT, hopefully everything you need to know, then about feeling your feelings, then about going into the body and taking you on that journey and explaining things that happen along the way, because the body does some interesting things when it's letting go of tension. I'm sure it does. And I'm sure it's different for many of us. Yes. Yeah. So fascinating. Now I'm seeing beautiful works of art behind you in your uh, studio or your room that you're in. Do you have a story about that? It is my artwork. I've okay. Been a, yeah, I've been an artist my whole life, pretty much, I you wondered, know, just mostly for myself. But interestingly, I started out with pencil, black and white. Okay. Right. And over the years, as I let go of perfectionism, I moved more into color and to more abstract. Okay. And what medium did you use for those paintings? Those are acrylic. Acrylic. Beautiful. They are beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely. And the color purple resonates with you, does it? Mostly blue. I actually, blue feels really comfortable and peaceful. Mm -hmm. And I tend to wear blue all the time. Interestingly to me that I I realized as I went through this past, white has a resistance to it, like a a repulsion almost, right? Pushes pushes the light. It reflects the light, Mm -hmm. right? So I do not wear white. I try and avoid it whenever I can. Any other colors that don't work for you? No, just white. Yeah, because I noticed that you said earlier about this whole thing. I forget what you said, reading colors or something. Tell me about that, how colors play an impact in your life. Well, it was only something that developed over the last few years, five years, maybe. And I just became able to feel into colors. So like I can feel that blue is peaceful. I had a friend who would always wear white. She was in this religious group and she would always wear white. And one day she stopped wearing white and she started wearing blue. And there was such a relaxation inside of me from seeing her in blue compared to white. And that's when I started to, to notice it and become wow. aware of it. It's like, oh, yeah. This <laughs> so, is fascinating. Yeah. So there were other colors. I mean, I, I tend to avoid non-colors like whites, creams you know, tans, there's a lot of like cars, look at our cars these days, all the colors gone out of the cars. (laughs) And I tend to not see, I just don't notice white cars, which I find interesting. So 
I have what a blue col- car. What color is your car? <laughs> blue. Yeah. It's, it's a blue. I was blue. not surprised. Uh, my son, from when he was a little boy, he's like, Dad, blue. I love blue. Blue's my favorite color. Blue, blue, blue. Well, can we get a blue car? Like, color was very important to him, even as a little child. And, and it's just blue all the way. I think it is to children because they're aware of that. I know Rudolf Steiner and the Waldorf schools, each classroom is painted a different color and they're not white, right? So I think a lot of children these days, parents paint their bedrooms white. It's like, no, no, <laughs> paint them a color, paint them maybe pastel, or but a color because there is a relaxation inside of the physical body when we're around colors like that. Whereas I think there's a tension when we're in white. That is so fascinating. Well, the th- I used to have an orange wall behind me because I, I love the color orange. And then it, it suddenly came to a day when I'm like, oh, there's something going on here. This isn't right for me. This isn't right for me now. I think the energy of it was good for a while. And then I thought, oh, I've got to change that right away. And I, <laughs> I, had, I tried three or four different shades of blue before I was happy with how it looked up in video, you know, how it looked to people on Zoom. Because it's actually a very bright blue, but on Zoom it doesn't look that bright. But once I put that paint on, I thought, oh, like, wow. There we go. You relaxed into it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And so just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been a powerful influence in your life when it comes to this whole area of like mindfulness or EFT or whatever? Yeah, I'm glad you added that. Yes, Gary Craig with EFT, definitely. And probably Abraham Hicks, Mm -hmm. not necessarily because I agree with everything she says, but she made me think or he or they made me Mm -hmm. think and uh, yeah, opened me up to questioning things more. Interesting. You've, you've talked quite a bit about this already, but my, my second question I like to ask my guests is about emotions. So maybe you can sum it up. How has all of this work that you've done changed how you respond and deal with your emotions? I notice them now. I don't get caught in them, right? Most of us get caught up in our emotions. Now I can stand back and say, okay, okay, look at me. I'm getting frustrated or I'm getting angry or I can feel that physical aspect of the emotion deep inside. So it's very different than what it used to be. Sure, yeah. Let's talk about breathing. Uh, Do you have any comments or thoughts or maybe even breathing techniques that you use that helps you in your life? I wouldn't call them techniques, more tools. Mm-hmm. Breathe, breath is definitely part of what happens along this journey with, with feeling the feelings, right? I will hold my breath while I'm feeling that tension because I believe it's kind of been stored in that part of the breath where I can feel the tension. Mm-hmm. And when it releases, there is a huge intake of breath which I believe is almost like the soul seating a little bit further into the body, becoming a little bit more grounded into the body. And I do use it. There's another thing I do if I find tension inside in the connective tissue, which is too tight, I can't, I can't release it with focused attention, then I will blow through it. I will blow slowly through my mouth, imagining that I'm blowing through that tension in the connective tissue and it will help it release. I love that. And I like it so much because it's different from what a lot of other people say. 
And so I'm going to try that. And your book, I can't wait to read it, A Pathway to Insight. But do you have any other books that you would recommend to our listeners? I have two that have been a little bit more aligned with what I talk about. And the first one is Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I love, love that I book. Love yes, I've read that probably three or four times. Yeah. Um, that was really good. And another book called Letting Go by David Hawkins. Yes. Yeah, similar type of work in like noticing the feelings, feeling them, allowing them to release. Yeah, yeah, it's a wonderful book. They both are absolutely fantastic books. I would recommend them as well. Well, wow, it has been so exciting to have you on the show, Anne. I just can't believe it. All your, your, your journey and how you're so open to share it all. And wow, Mindful Tribe, you've got to go to Anne's website, annehints.com, and you've got to check out this book, A Pathway to Insight. Do you have any final words of advice for our listeners as you prepare to leave the interview? Yeah, I guess there's two things that I would love to share. First of all, we have so much more control over our life than we think we do, mm. right? We can take responsibility for anything that's happening around us by noticing how we're feeling about it, right? Even if it's some other people arguing in a household that we see, if we're feeling emotion, we have control over that emotion. And if we work with that and let it go, it changes our future. So we're, we're way more powerful than we think. And that kind of goes along with the second thing, which is there is so much more to life, so much more depth to life than we realize, because now I have this depth of awareness on the inside of me. I also have that depth of awareness outside of me because that phrase as within, so without is absolutely true. So I can see, I can feel the energy inside of me, but I can also then see how energy interplays with events that are happening around and and tension in other people that I was not aware of before. Wow, fascinating. Well, I uh, I can't wait to to learn more from you by reading your book. And I just thank you, Anne, for sharing all of this with the world. Well, thank you. And thank you for the great questions. You're welcome, my, my pleasure. Bye now. Bye-bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining us here on the show today. Great to have you with us. Now, of course, I love to uh, mention my sponsors. The first step in taking care of your body and mind begins with eating and drinking right every day. And you can get your daily fill of antioxidant goodness with delicious Palm Wonderful. It's 100% pomegranate juice. It has 700 milligrams of antioxidants in every serving, and it's 100% juice from whole pressed pomegranates. It helps protect your body against harmful free radicals, and it contains no added sugars, no preservatives, or fillers. Drink it daily, feel it forever. And for more info, check out palmwonderful.com. So with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.